April 5th, 2013. I'm Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com. With me in the studio is Mr. James Robinson. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here, as always. And on the phone is Ms. Sarah Lima. Hello. Uh, Sarah. Hello. Just, hello. Hello. Uh, hello. 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 Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You, you're, you're kidding, right? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay, we're kidding, too. Okay, so um, we're just going to let people know right now James's time is limited because he's so important. Well, because I have a, a deadline thing I have to take care of. And unfortunately, the one problem with living on the West Coast is uh, you have to bear in mind the three-hour difference with the East Coast and D.C. So the end of their day is still only 3 o'clock for me. So, Slackers. So I need to make sure. And there's about an hour's worth of something I have to take care of before, before the end of their work. So there you go. So we will try to get through as much as we can about you. Um, and yet there's so much so much to talk about me anyway. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? It's always enough. I had my birthday, by the way. Yeah, how and was that? Well, you didn't come. Happy birthday! Yeah, oh, thank you. I, okay, I got home. I flew in Monday. Yes. And then it's like, I got to get you home. You are just not a party boy, are you? Um, where I didn't see you at WonderCon. No, well, I was certainly partying. I, I closed down the bar with Jim Storanko on Friday night. I see Friday nights and one night I didn't go, but like Saturday, uh, Saturday one forty five last call. It was one forty three. I was already on a plane back to San Francisco. See, yeah, you missed out. I was there. Th- where were you Thursday night? I was. Yeah, see, you weren't there. Yes, but what were you doing? Just like well, I, I'm WonderCon getting ready, prepping. Oh, okay, well, and then Saturday I was there Sunday. Anyway, Sunday it was a fantastic night of burlesque and me looking fantastic. Where's the the pictures? Uh, they'll be around in the next few days, you know. Yeah. On your your Twitter feed, or are you gonna some somewhere? Yeah, put them somewhere. I, I will make sure that they are viewable by to one and all. As long as I look great, any ones I look stupid, I will probably not do, not allow people to see. So you need someone else to post them, is what you're saying? Yes, unfortunately for you, there isn't that person, so I'm pretty safe this time. <laughs> Unlike every convention, when there's always a photograph, there's one of the one of the websites had a photograph of me at the convention, and if they had thrown shit at my face and then photographed me, it couldn't have been more unflattering than the photo that appeared. So, um, Yeah, but there are other people there, so maybe they took pictures. Yes, yes. And I'm sure they're, they're, they're be- I look beautiful in all of them, but of unfortunately no, one has, no one's seen those ones. Not yet. They're going to sell them. Yes. See, see yes. Which comic site wants to buy them? The exclusive. Well, like paparazzi. That, that, yeah. will, that will come one day, I'm sure, but uh, not, I, I won't be the one they'll be doing that to. It will be someone else. Anyway. Um, while we're talking, do you want to... Talk about the the panel, the WonderCon. Well, you you before that we started, you said I want you to talk about the panel, and I don't really remember what I said. Okay, then we'll get to so, the question because some yeah. there's, there's a few names you threw around. Red, yeah, yeah. Well, red, pe- people red are probably disorder. gonna throw people are gonna ask me those questions anyway. Or should we get in? Let's let's talk about Earth Two first. So well, firstly, it. Sarah Lima. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for five stars. Why do you thank me for your reviews? I'm just doing my job. Well, I know you're doing your job. And you're just doing yours. Well, I can, I can, 
because when you say when you say thank you, it, it's as if I'm doing you a favor, and I'm not doing you a favor. No, I know. And and if it was crap, you'd give me three stars. I I know that, but it's still nice once in a while that you. you I, I I do like the fact that I feel like I've earned the five stars because you are so uh, scrupulously That's- honest about your opinion of my work. So when you do give me five stars, it means a lot. That's all. Okay. Well. In that case, you're welcome. And I thought it was it was one of the better issues. And James, I have to say, I was very impressed with the with the um, the way that you presented a climactic moment and then switched it up and then we changed scenes. And every time you did that, I was like, "Damn it! What happens next?" Especially when you get to that page with those two characters that I can't wait to see. Yes, more of. Yeah. Anything okay. else? No, I, I loved it. Tony, did you read it? Yep. What did you think? I liked it. It was, it was yeah. great. Yeah, I, I, I liked the, the whole battle and the, 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 converse, the quote-unquote conversation when, and the, the, the birth of the new Dr. Fate that we see on the cover. and the, Isn't that cool? The, I really liked that scene a lot. And, of course, I'm excited about the, the gateful tease. Yes. I mean, the thing is that th- that reveal of those characters was already in the book before that DC said, hey, we need a, a WTF moment. And it's hard when you've or when you're. When you're when you've already written like you're in the middle of an arc, you can't it's hard to change ships. I mean, that, that's how that, that was the problem with the with Justice League when I did it, the, especially the early ones where I was just literally changing direction and cutting storylines and doing all this stuff at the behest of DC because of other other books and other continuity. And uh, the book just feels fragmented. So, so so that could have happened had I not had anything big already there to, to, to make us the WTF moment. So luckily I had it. And, of course, Mr. Miracle and, and Barda. And there are people that are, were worried that Fury was going to be Barda and there wouldn't be a real Barda, but of course there's going to be Barda. You know, you can't have Mr. Miracle without Barda. But it's just weird what, what I've noticed on, on some of the other um, WTF covers, I guess if you want to call them that, is they, they weren't like a huge part of the issue in some of them. Well, I mean, neither is Mr. Miracle. Yeah, it, that's it's just, it's flashy, that's all. I yeah. mean, I mean, showing Mr. Miracle on a page flying through a wasteland of Gotham City with dinosaurs fighting or mutated monsters and barter. I mean, that's flashy. It's a cool... And, and, and also, as, as beautiful as, it, as the cover is, I think Nicola did... Nicola would do a fantastic um, Mr. Miracle and Barda because there's a sort of a, a grace that she gives them, which I always like very much. I've always been fascinated in the what-could-have-been school that, you know, when Jack Kirby created the fourth world, it, that was the one character that he didn't intend to draw himself. Hmm. He actually wanted Steve Ditko to do it. Wow. And that would have been interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, it didn't happen, and he did it himself. That's weird. All right, so now we got Dr. Fate. So um, we have the magic war coming up next. Anything you want to tease about that? Well, that's the finale of the issue. That's issue issue 12. So what do you want to tease about that? It ends on a cliffhanger. We see the mystery of Sam's murder and Hawk, Hawk Girl and, and Green Lantern, that deepening. Uh, and we get to see the full extent of Dr. Fate's power and how it ties in with Egyptian gods and everything I've said in interviews about trying to make it unique and distinct and not just energy bolts, which can often be, you know, I have no idea what, what 
the differences between, you know, some of the magic bolts I see thrown around in Justice League Dark and and an energy bolt from Electro or something, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or from one of these people with with uh, with energy powers. So 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 you'll see that being defined and what else? And you'll see Earth two Boston, which isn't really that much different from Earth 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 any Earth Boston, <laughs> but you'll see Boston. I just realized I didn't give any five stars this week. Ah, uh, well, you you have a hard heart. We know that. I guess. Yeah. All right, let's go to questions while we got you here. So the first one is from Brad Hodges. Hello, Brad. It says, I noticed you answered a continuity question on Twitter, the old single dimensions, multiple universe query about why there's only one set of new gods and wondered if enforcing, reinterpreting, and creating continuity and then having to explain it is a chore or something you enjoy or both. Um, it just comes with a job. I don't think it's a chore. I think, I, I mean, I've said this enough. I was surprised that people people didn't weren't aware of it. This is how I feel about the new gods is if you can, if Superman, and I, I think I might have even said this last month on the podcast, if Superman can fly to New Genesis or Apocalypse through space or, you know, Lobo can fly there, then they're not new gods to me. They are just superpowered aliens. They're no better than Martian Manhunter or, or Superman or Lobo or any of these characters. So I, I and I've always felt, and, and DC Dan DiDio agreed with me that you've got to make them special. So I, I, so, uh, uh, so um, Apocalypse and New Genesis are in a another dimension, and there's only one set of them. So much like God, I guess you know there isn't like a, an Earth one, an Earth Prime God on every fifty-two. There isn't fifty-two God in heavens, you know. Mm-hmm. 50, I guess it would be fifty-two Jesuses. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Different Jesuses. Mm-hmm. On different earths. Someone's done that. That would be insane. Get to it. Crisis on 52 Jesuses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but but anyway, New Gods, there are, there's only one set. There's only one Orion. There's only one Mr. Miracle. There's only one Darkseed, Desaad, whatever other characters will be introduced along the way. And uh, so, so you know, and someone said, so they're sort of the gateway link between all the worlds. And in a perfect world, you could go back and forth, but that there that is absolutely a way that one could negotiate the different Earths via Apocalypse or New Genesis. And maybe you'll see that happen in the future. Who, who knows? Mm. Okay. James Doe. Hello, James. Says, how do you write a character without resorting to stereotypes or stereotypical dialogue? Well, many people have said I do resort to stereotypes or stereotypical dialogue, so there's that. Um, you just do your best to write... You know, write the character first, and not—I mean—and not allow his color or his or his sexuality or 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 his or her sex to dictate. You know what? How the character thinks. I mean, that's the main thing. And try not to get too hung up on like how ethnically people talk. I think it's better to have a to have a character that you and you know what why they're doing something than. Try and like make an ass yourself by doing phony, phony slang or what have you. Which you know some people do brilliantly, like as Azarello. You know when he did Luke Cage or when he did um, when he does Hundred Bullets mm-hmm. or, or or Bendis when he does Luke Cage. You know I'm, I'm talking about like you know black characters specifically at this at this moment in time. You know it's, it's that's a trap you can fall into very easily where you just sound ridiculous and offensive. And they, uh, they, I thought they did a pretty good job. I'm not sure I could. So I just try and write the characters, you know, with genuine hearts and hopefully 
I do a good job of that, and it comes through. I think so. Um, speaking of writing characters, how much have you heard about the Rick Remender outcry last week? Because I, I kind of missed most of I it. I have not heard a word of it. Okay. I, I have no idea what you're talking about, honestly. See, cause I, so Uncanny Avengers came out last week. Yes. And I didn't even – I didn't read it until, until yesterday because of WonderCon and everything like that. Okay. So apparently people were in an uproar because um, Alex Summer gives a speech and then he refers to mutants. He, he's, he says like they're the M word. M as in mutant. Yes, and the parallel to well, the. Well, I just want to make sure because people yes. knew I was saying M and yes. not N. And so I think he was kind of drawing like a, a you know a, a correlation with that, and he's saying I hate that that word. And he's and basically he's he's like they're like well what do we call you he he's like well because he's saying he's not necessarily a mutant he's he's a person he's a human he's like just call me Alex. So I don't I, maybe I should have looked up more, but but. And I, I think his response to that, I don't know if he, he kind of – there's something about hobo piss too that, that Rick Rick said something about. Hobo that. piss? Yeah. Oh, and, well, and, and people were just like all in uproar about what he said. and, and about, they, were up, they were in uproar about hobo piss. Something and I just – I had – I today before here, I Twittered just because I – sometimes these things pop in my head. I said, I love women in heels, just, just saying. And – I got this multiple Twitter response by this older feminist from mm. Portland talking about how high uh, heels, high heels, high heels came from. Um, hey, can I just say? Yes. All you, all you have to say is older feminist from Portland, and it's like. Oh yes, you, but it was. You, it you was. Don't even have to finish. You don't even have to keep going. I know exactly where this is going. Okay, go. So she gave me this long thing about how. It historically it began with like foot binding and for, for women couldn't run to escape the men and everything else. And her last bit of it was, you know, so when you when you think of heels next time, think of women being bound, sexy, huh? And I and I replied and I replied, yes, when they made by Manola Blahnik, oh, no. which is you know true. He makes beautiful heels. So um, you like Manola Blahnik, don't you, Sarah? Of course. Of course. So, um, people hobo piss. It's like whatever. Why people just want to get upset and no, but yell. There, there's more to. I don't. I, I I think he just. I don't know. I don't know what, what what the accusations or reactions. But I mean, what it comes comes down to is he's writing a character. A character wrote a speech and whatever correlations he's making and, and that it's like sometimes you you may use your you know a writer not necessarily you a writer may use a character as an outlet to get whatever their agenda out but that's not necessarily well the case. that's always a, always a thing is when you write characters everybody every i mean this is the problem with comics is everybody wants everybody to speak perfectly think think perfectly and in real life and like you know if you look at you know dickens or martin amos or or john Os, john um updike or you know any any writer of fiction some of their most interesting characters are the flawed characters that have flawed, flawed points of view. Um, I mean, what he did that, you know, that, that mutant is the, is the M is equivalent to the N word is odd because at times you do need to differentiate when someone is, is, is black or white, you know, black or African-American. Whereas the N word is, is an insult. 
and I'm not sure if mutant is an insult or just a description of that person to differentiate them from someone who's a non-mutant. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I wouldn't have got upset, but I think it's an interesting bit, bit of discourse. I would have, ch- I would have loved to have had a drink with him and chatted about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you know, people, you're, you're going to have characters that, that have certain thoughts and I mean, you have to, so you're going to have ones that, that could, you could have a racist character just because you're, you you have a racist character in the book doesn't mean you, the writer is necessarily racist. But, yes. you, you know, you have you have characters that kill people doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the writer is like, absolutely. I want to kill people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so, like I said, I don't know what what the huge outcry was. Um, there's this huge article. I okay. mean, I mean, <laughs> okay, take like take a, a book like or a series like Herogasm. I hope Garth Ennis doesn't do everything he writes in that book. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know. If, if, if he does, I don't want to see him do it. So no, exactly. There's a there's a, a big article on Comics Alliance um, about this, but so with the outcry about the speech, so here's the problem. I guess what made it worse, because then Rick Remender tweeted. He said, "Heads up, if Havoc's position in Uncanny Avengers number five really upset you, it's time to drown yourself, hobo piss. Seriously, do it. It's the only solution." Now again, obviously, is he being serious? No. Probably not. But. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then th- this article says that is not an appropriate response from a person who chooses of his own free will to engage in this topic. Blah, blah. So I, don't, I, I just think, why? I don't know. It's like there's so many other things to yes. worry about. I, I, I know, I know. And, I mean, yes. I love comics, but it's a comic book, and you know, it's a character that said something, and you know, you, what about like if you, people write the Red Skull? You know, he's he's a Nazi. Well, he's a villain. I mean, I, I think flawed heroes are more interesting than paragons. I mean, that's I made uh, Alan Scott, you know, uh, vain and you know, because that's you're writing him based on yourself. On myself, exactly. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, I mean, making someone that isn't just flawless is is fun. Yeah, and you can't write the same character. Every character can't be like this perfect, whatever you know, politically correct. Because then that's going to be boring if everyone is the same way. Yes. I mean, look at Tony Stark. He's vain, womanizer, Mm -hmm. you know, ex-alcoholic, et cetera. All right. Back to James Doe's. um, He says, I can always improve my writing. How do I become a better writer? Just by writing and writing. Yeah, just by writing and writing. Reading? Yeah, 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 definitely. Reading, yes. Yes, you should always read. But the the thing with reading, I mean, because you don't necessarily want to be – too influenced by someone and then like kind of st- like if someone has a, like Stephen King has a certain way he tells stories like how he often like foreshadows well and- I mean that's if you are obsessed with one guy but yeah. if you just read all sorts of different stuff you will you, you, you can't ultimately just I think if you have it within you to be a good writer all that does will just kind of spur you on as long as you don't obsess about Stephen King or obsess about you know Dr. Seuss Dr. Seuss or or, um, or or Dickens or whoever. Um, I, unfortunately, with writing, I do feel that it's an art that you either have it in you or you don't. Mm-hmm. I think you can hone your skills, but I don't think you can learn to be a writer any, yeah. any more than really you can learn to be an actor. You know, you can you have to kind of have that in you, and then you can hone it in classes and whatnot. Um, so just keep writing, uh, uh, J- J- James. James. Uh, just keep writing and and reading a di- as as many diverse authors as you can. That that's the main thing. And don't just read comic books. So don't just read 
and don't just read books, you know, and and and, and don't just read one genre either. Yes, absolutely. Romance. Thank you, Sarah. I yes, think sure. she I, uh, she for a long time only read horse fiction. So I finally got her to read uh, uh, th- uh, Three Musketeers, and I think it changed her life. It did change my life. Yeah. I think it was. Earn- but you know what, though? But you know what's funny is that you didn't get me to read Three Musketeers. I read that on my own. No, Thank I don't you. know that that's true. I, uh, yeah, yes. But what's with because the. I, I mentioned that I was reading it, and you said, oh, that's interesting. No, you. That's not how I remember it at all. I remember. Me mentioning it, and then you saying, "Oh, look, I'm re- I, I'm reading Three Musketeers," and I was like, "Oh, see, I can I finally got it to to learn something." Excuse me, I was no because. All right, Sarah, go back and listen to all the old podcasts. Yeah, I'm going to because this is a bunch of that long. wasn't it wasn't in the, on a podcast that was in a a candid moment at at the old whiskey whiskey bar. Of course, it was a candid moment in the old whiskey bar. It was it was it was no- a beautiful moment between us. There's no evidence was private that, that you've now sullied and dirtied and, and thrown it open to the public, as always. Yeah, sure. Okay. But I, I, speaking of Bart, I think it was Ernest Hemingway that said, write drunk, edit sober. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, think, I think that's, that's great. I, 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 I've tried to write drunk, and it's always abysmal. I don't get drunk. Were you drunk when you wrote the last issue? No. What are you trying to say, oh, sir? Yeah, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Actually, I take that back. You know what? When when what I what I have done when I go out for a drink by myself and I sit at the bar, I take my notebook with me, and that first those first two drinks, you can see the first two drinks because you get all these great ideas. Yeah. And then by the third drink, the ideas are crap, and by the fourth drink, you can't read your own writing. That's seriously a, a rule of for me a rule of thumb. These are strong drinks that you're drinking. I do drink strong drinks. We had a whole conversation about how I like the taste of alcohol. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's why you like vodka, I guess. I love vodka. There's no, yes. there's no reason why anyone would drink vodka unless they really like the taste of alcohol. I love uh, strong vodka on the rocks with a squeeze of lime. That's my drink. I, I used to like it, a gimlet, but even that got too non, non-alcoholic enough. Oh, gimlet. But we had a conversation about t- Kitty, Kitty Dukakis last time, didn't we? Maybe. No. What? Maybe. You, you don't remember that? I, I think so. It uh, sounds... I yeah, think. I don't want to say it again. People might have heard it last month. All right. Um, that was the next thing. So, so James, good good luck with your writing, Chris. Sincerely. And then this, I re- I I know the answer to this, but it says when DC cancels a title like Justice League International or Hawkman or Captain Adam, does that mean those stories are now canon despite the cancellations, or does DC then say now another writer artist can take the character any place they want in a different direction with new to establish? And the answer is no. No, I mean it's, it's written. It's there. Yeah, it's written. It's there. Yes, they could tweak. Well, I mean, no, no. They, you can take a character in a fresh direction, but he has to, and you can ignore what's happened before, but you can't say that it didn't happen. Well, you, I mean, it has. It has happened, but uh, <laughs> nowadays, I don't think it, it will anymore. It, yeah, at DC should, anyway. Yeah, hopefully not, because yeah, we've we've seen that. So, um, okay, so that was from James. Next is from Michael O'Brien. Michael O'Brien, who's a regular Twitterer. So he says, okay, this is what it says. For another great job in issue 11. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Michael. Michael O'Brien. Michael O'Brien, yes. For those of us not at WonderCon, can James fill us in on the announcement about Red Bee, Red Tornado, and Red Arrow coming up in Earth 2 and the timing of it? Um, well, some of it I can. Well, just, I mean, whatever you Yeah, whatever I about. can. So basically... Earth. 
uh, have I established this yet? Or maybe I just know it in my own head and I've forgotten to put it in the comic so far. But basically, the first wave of wonders you find out have existed for a while, and they were they were called red files. And um, some of them have been successful, some aren't. I mean, they still they were still trying to pe- affect, they're still trying to perfect the red tornado. But one of the first of the red files, one of the first wonders that they managed to get was uh, was Red Arrow, and he's you know a very. Uh, this is the this is the deal. This is one thing I said at, at, at WonderCon was that Dan DiDio said that the only thing he wanted from me was characters that that felt right in um, on Earth Two. So, for instance, you know, as much as I would would have loved Fury to be Donna Troy, she isn't Donna Troy. Because Donna Troy doesn't fit in Earth 2. She's always been an Earth 1 or an Earth Prime character. Um, however, I was talking to uh, to Jeff, and, and he was you know suggesting one thing and another, and I realized that, that Green Arrow was a Golden Age character. So with, it, with that idea, the idea and, and, the, you know, and they're trying to bring Green Arrow up as a character in the, in the DC Universe, and Jeff Lemire is now on the book, and he's doing a wonderful job, as, as, we, as we know. Um, so the idea of like an, an Earth Two Green Arrow, we haven't seen one of those really in a while. Even originally, when he was, when people were w- realized that there was an Earth Two Green Arrow, which was uh, during um, issues one, uh, Justice League of America one hundred through to one hundred and two, which is when they reintroduced the Seven Soldiers of Victory uh, back in the seventies. Uh, he was barely seen at all. I mean, he was seen for that one that one arc, and I don't think he was ever seen again. So. I was thinking about, oh, maybe we'll do something like that. And then, then I thought, well, what if it's Red Arrow, tie it in with the Red characters, and then it feels slightly different. You know, obviously one day, far in the future, we get, all these characters are going to meet. So if it's, you know, the Flash meets the Flash, Green Lantern meets Green Lantern, blah, 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 meets blah, 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 it's one thing. But if you tweak it a little bit, so it's Green Arrow meets Red Arrow, that's cool. And we can make them, you know, I've got ideas to make this character different. So, there's, so, so Red Arrow, you're actually going to meet in issue 14, or you're going to see him for the first time in issue 14. Um... Red B and Red Tornado, you'll meet you'll you'll meet soon afterwards, but I I don't want to say just when or how because that's revealing things that I'm not at liberty to talk about yet. Um, issue thirteen, you're going to meet the Red Torpedo, which is not a person but rather a craft, much like it was originally in the uh, in the in the original Golden Age. Hmm. So that's that's sort of it. Uh, you know these these red characters are the first first world army wonders that they've been slowly creating and slowly incorporating into sort of covert missions and whatnot that the world hasn't known about. And then the first non-red file characters to come along were Captain Steel and the Atom as the whole project evolved and, and obviously Wesley Dodds and his Sandmen. And the other thing you might find interesting is, you know, how a lot of these characters, they've gotten their powers from sort of uh, scientists working with uh, apocalypse technology much like, you know, it's akin to how um, uh, NASA scientists use the V2 Nazi, you know, the Nazis V2 rocket technology to help get man in space. So it's sort of drawing parallels with that sort of thing. Mm. I hope, Michael, I hope that that's kind of all I can say for now about that. And I'm always here. I love to, you know, talk and I sit and, and, uh, and uh, and say too much. And in the old days, Sarah would be sitting there batting her eyes at me and co- <laughs> yeah, co- co- coaxing even more information out of me, like like Marta Hari. And uh, was that you squealing? Yes. Um, 
No, it was the chair I'm sitting on. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. It's, it, it, it sounded like you squealing, like I was one of the Beatles. <laughs> um, Gosh, you think so lowly of yourself, James. Anyway, um, what was I saying? So, so, uh, so I'm, I'm wary of saying too much, but yes, you will see all those characters uh, sooner rather than later. I just don't. I can't say any more than that for now. And, and I mean, and there is something to actually reading and, you know, rather than having it spoiled. Cause then well, to be fair to Michael, he's definitely, you know, he has, he has tw- twittered me probably once a week. He twitters me, I think. I, I think that's fair to say. And always, he's very interested in, in, the, in Earth 2. And he clearly is a reader and a fan. I think it's just nice. I mean, it's nice sometimes when, when readers... Uh, care enough that they they can't wait to find out, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, it is nice to, to hold some things back so the genuine surprises for the for the for, for, for you know for the actual reading experience of the comic book. Yeah. Okay. Um, so next is I did down Zach Wilkerson. Hello, Zach. He says to James, love the most recent issue of Earth Two as it reintroduced one of my. Absolute favorite characters, Mr. Miracle. I remember having a similar feeling with Mr. Robinson um, featured the Shiloh Norman character briefly in his Just League of America run. Coincidentally, that arc was very Alan Scott-centric as well. Were there things that you want to do with the character in Justice League that you'll be carrying over into Earth 2? No, not really, honestly, because that was... It was a last-minute thing that I wrote that entire story arc. So I assumed that afterwards I wasn't going to get to do Alan Scott because he's not Justice League character. You know, and I, obviously I, can, I, could tent, I could link up with him at once, you know, at time from t- with, if Jade was in the team. But, but at the same time, I, 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 I wanted to tell the Alan Scott story. And I was, I was so glad that they allowed uh, – at the last minute they needed one more issue. And so I got to do that um, – Jesus Marino issue set on the green area of the moon that I created. So, um, so no, I mean, I'm really trying to bring new aspects to, to this Alan Scott, you know, making his character c- consistent in, in a lot of ways with the old character in terms of his type of personality and, and his sort of heroism and honor. But tr- I'm trying to make a new character at the same time. Okay. Um, also, since Miracle and Barda are operating in Gotham, is it safe to say they'll be interacting with the new Batman? Yes. Okay, then Zach says, thanks for bringing back all the fan-favorite characters under one roof. Can't wait to see what you have in store next. Okay. Um, this is from... Copeon on Twitter. Oh, Copeon. Um, actually, let's see what's his real name. If I can call that out. Oh, Copa. Copa. Oh, Copa. I yeah. think I saw this Twitter. Okay. Um, yeah, he didn't include you or at replied you. Um, do you know of any plans by DC Collectibles to release Earth 2 action figures? Um, I don't know anything official. But I think I heard a whisper that they were considering starting off the Earth 2 stuff with the Trinity. Hmm. Just because it makes sense to mm-hmm. 
you know, start with the iconic characters because yeah. a Batman collector will, will collect a Batman figure even if it isn't, you know, he's not reading the, reading the book. But that, but that isn't a don't, you know... Don't quote you on that. Don't quote me and, and don't put aside money yet to buy them. I have no idea if or when that's happening. I think, But I think I heard a whisper about something like that be, being in, in the pipeline. Yeah, because... Um... They haven't released. If, I mean, if they they most likely whatever they're working on, you know, they they could have stuff going, but nothing, no images or anything. Is no, there's teasing. nothing. I I haven't seen an image or or know anything. So because yeah, like at Toy Fair, there's there's nothing. So right. Just you know, they they have more New Fifty Two Justice League figures coming out and stuff like that. So I mean, I mean, honestly, the book is successful enough that I, I I'm not. So I won't. I won't be surprised if figures start to appear. I just haven't heard heard anything yet. Yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. It's like, it's for like what you said, it's like here's another version of Batman we could do, and a, another version that actually makes sense, right? Since they, it's it's not so much DC that does it. It's, it's usually like Mattel or whatever. Where we get all these weird random Batman figures, but yes. it's like this way. You know, you you can appeal to the people who aren't reading. It's like, oh, this is a really cool design, and then the people reading the book or you know they'll they'll want it too so i think i have like a, a big barda action figure well there's been a couple already yeah. have you been collecting all the other big barda action figures no i don't have any oh uh, well there you go that's that's something for you to do then you have a, a, yeah. a mission now <laughs> go go to ebay <laughs> i think you should dress up as barda for um halloween i couldn't why not i couldn't pull it off because i'm She's supposed to be large. I know, but that's the, that's the, that would be the irony. You'd be a little barter. No, but it's in scale. All you'd need is a midget to play Mr. Miracle, (laughs) and then you're good to go. Oh my gosh. What? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So offensive. That is so offensive. Why is it offensive? Just is, James. You should know. Oh, I love those little bastards. Oh, uh, okay. So oh this God. next is from Matthew Santori. Ah, uh, Matthew. Photo Cub. Um, thanks, as always, for an entertaining show each week. Um, question for James. Can you elaborate a little on r- the red team you mentioned a bit at WonderCon? I think you kind of did involving Red Tornado, Red B, and Red Arrow. Um, when we when we might start seeing more of these characters, and since which you've touched on that. And why you came up with the decision to introduce a green arrow analog to Earth 2. I, I think, think I kind of did all, you, you did all, all that. All yeah. that. Um, then he says that his husband, Big Pink Dragon, is a huge green arrow fan and is quite fond of your take in JLA Cry for Justice, where Roy Harper and daughter Leon met a particular fate as well. So any chance Red Arrow could have a daughter named Leon? I hadn't thought of that. Honestly, I thought of I've thought of other aspects of all of the parallel between the 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 red arrow of that was and and what I would bring to the character. You know what? That's not a bad idea. I I I I I, I, I can't promise anything, but I guess if I killed a kid, I should bring a kid back. So so that definitely, <laughs> um, that definitely is something I will consider very very closely or very carefully. I just imagine someone taking like that sound bite. <laughs> if I kill a kid, should bring another one back. Oh, goodness. Um, uh, Matthew continues. I think there just may be 
one or two people out there who would experience great joy at her return. At one point, she was, oddly enough, nearly as popular in some online circles as Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown. I wish I'd known that (laughs) (laughs) at the time. Boy, you could save myself so much trouble. (laughs) Thanks again for a brilliant issue 11 and for bringing back to my favorite character of all time. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Um, this next is from Anthony G. Boyo. Um, hello, Anthony. So he says, uh, there were monsters fighting in the background on the pages with Mr. Miracle. Is this important? Um, is it important? It's pretty important. I mean, it's, it's, again, things I can't talk about now, but there will be a moment when I will clarify what happened to Gotham City and what its current state is and why it's called the Gotham City Lost Lands or, you know, and how far it stretches. It's, it's a vast area of land. Um, and at that point, you'll see it's it, basically that area of, 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 of America, which, which, which really begins at Gotham and then goes south from Gotham to be, you know, to take up almost a, a, a whole state's worth of, 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 of acreage. Is kind of like um, Earth 2's version of the Savage Land meets like Commandy's Lost World meets Japanese horror movies with those, uh, or monster movies with those like mutated, big mutated monsters. So I'll explain that more. And it, but it, it's a, it's another good area for, for like good action and good fun, as you'll see when I develop that, that whole storyline in the future. Because he also asked, do Godzilla attacks happen often on Earth 2? Well, only well they they would if the World Army wasn't constantly monitoring the place. And, and then he says, "Happy birthday, Mr. Robinson." Thank you very much, Anthony. Okay. All right. Next, I need a faster way to go through these. Um, Justin Gibson. Hello, Justin. He says. And again, we're going to get a lot, some repeats. Sounds like you have uh, plans for a lot of red characters in Earth 2. Any hope for a red tor- torpedo, which you mentioned, Red B, or, or red from red, white, and blue? Um, I haven't really, meant, haven't really thought about red, white, and blue. I mean, that's, it's only that they were, they were used in Kingdom Come. That, they're super obscure. Okay. But uh, the others, yes. Um, how is the Earth 2 universe from the Earth how, how different is the Earth 2 universe from the Earth 1 universe? Does the Earth 2 universe have its own um, – how do you say the planet? Is it Ran? What, Ran? Kind of, yeah. Is it just – you just say Ran? R-A-N? Ran. Yeah. Okay. The, I don't know if the extra N says something. Um, um, Thanagar, et cetera. Um, well, this is the thing is eventually – and this is way in the future as long as I'm still on the book and it's still selling. I want to deal with Earth 2 going into space for the first time and that sort of thing. Alien, I mean, aliens have come, you know, obviously Superman's come to Earth, Power Girl came to Earth, but it isn't like the main Earth where there's all these aliens running around. Um, so I need to think about that. I don't, have an, I don't really have an answer for that yet. Okay. Um, are there any Earth 2 action figures in the work at DC? We don't know. Maybe. Um, didn't Nicola design the looks, the new looks for Mr. Miracle and Big Barda? Uh, no, she did not. That was Scott. Will- Scott. Uh, no, it wasn't Scott. What am I trying to say? It was um, Brett. Brett, Brett Booth. Yes. Yeah. He does a lot of. Yeah. I mean, it, it, so 
he, you could say I, I'm trying to say how to, how to say this, but he he's kind of an important guy at at DC because he do, he's done so many character he, designs. He's definitely somebody that is a somewhat of a go to guy, and it's because he's he's like super fast and professional. And I'm not saying that other people aren't, mm-hmm. but he just always comes through in a pinch and he doesn't feel like he rushed it. You know, he always kind of like does that extra bit. So, I mean, he, he's a real star. He's great to work with too. I loved working with him on those justice leagues I did and, and the Congrilla special. And I, and we, we constantly talk about working together again as soon as we can. So because I feel like he's underrated. Oh, I, I, yeah. I feel like people don't talk about him enough. Well, what I think what it was, was when he used to, when he, and he, he, he will admit this when he was doing backlash years ago, he was. Are you are you spanking yourself? What are you doing, Sarah? Wait, me? What yes. are you talking about? It, sa- it sounded like something dirty was going on, and it and it certainly isn't me and Tony. What? <laughs> there was just a noise, a really like a provocative noise that, that that came over the microphones. Is it is it this? Yes, that's it. I was turning the volume up so I could hear you, James. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Um... <laughs> When he was doing Backlash, he he had a sort of a, a, a stiff, a, quite a stiff style. He mm-hmm. hadn't really learned yeah. his, his, his craft yet. And uh, so when I when I did uh, Eclipso, the, the 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 Eclipso storyline, the first few issues, and 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 Congrilla, it was just amazing how much he'd matured and grown. And I don't think people have realised what 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 a great artist he's evolved into. Yeah. So I definitely, I mean, the the, the other guy, of course, is Bernard Chang. You know, who's mm-hmm. been sitting around doing work for ages at. DC and suddenly everybody's like, "Oh my god, he's brilliant!" Yeah, I I was out standing by his table in Artist Alley, and then you know he's he's just drawing and just in the amount of time you know he's he's doing. I'm assuming it was a commission, but it, he was on the the eleven by seventeen, and he's just like standing there and just is just like it's right. crazy how, how how quick he was he was doing it. So yeah, um, Brett Brett Booth and and uh, and um, Bernard both, I think, real stars on the rise who've been who've been. As talented as they are for a while, people are just starting to notice that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, that sounded like you, actually. No, that's that's, a, that, that, that sounded like you hadn't had breakfast and your tummy was just... I, I haven't had lunch. Um, the Skype Skype's doing its, its like bubbly, blipping stuff. Since you're not a fan of Flash's costume, has she worked up any potential redesigns? Uh yes, but getting a, a redesign through is harder than you'd think. But but fingers crossed, we'll have something happen in the future at some point. Well, his costume did get ripped here. How's it going to repair? Well, you know. So, um, and what do we have to do to get an absolute edition of the Golden Age? Um, I don't know. I mean, Paul Smith, I think, still has all that artwork, the original artwork. Um. I would love that. I mean, there's never been a hardcover of it. I, 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 you know, I don't necessarily pat myself on the back about work, but I do think of the stuff that they are now putting into absolutes and even, you know, doing nicer versions of, it definitely is up there in terms of quality of both story and artwork. Um, so I think you would have to just tell, you know, write into DC or let them know. I, I, I actually would do my bit and actually request that. You know what else you can do? Yes. Is make a, a Facebook page and get the likes. Oh, really? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that works. That's what, what Jimmy did. I don't have a Facebook account. Well, and I... Get one, James. Yeah, but then I, all, all my ex-girlfriends would know would know how to co- get contact me. And well, well, okay, here's the thing. You don't... 
Do you really have that many? I have oh, a, quite so a few, conceited. yeah. Like, James, you're, you have, you haven't paid your child support. All my child support, yeah. James Jr. <laughs> needs, needs new booties. James Jr. and James yeah. the third. That explains everything. <laughs> no, because um, Jimmy Palmiotti did that for um, Jonah Hex. He's like, he's like, you know, we need a an absolute addition. And, and is he got it? No, I it, it's he did it like recently, and and I I don't even know if if whoever is in charge of you know the stuff at, at DC if they would even look at that. And you so know, wait a minute, you're telling me to do something? I'm, that I'm you saying don't know if it works. I, no, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if it works, but all you got to do is make the page and just say, hey, people spread this around i mean it's it's not like you're taking an ad out on a billboard well i definitely need to find a conduit to collections where my thoughts are heard more because i mean they're they're, they're canceling um the starman omnibuses well they've canceled them what do you mean well they were doing paperback versions okay. of the omnibuses mm-hmm. which gave people that didn't have the money for the hardcovers or, or that don't like hardcovers there are people that don't like hardcovers um a, a means of reading these collections and i guess sales weren't high enough on the for the third one so they cancelled that and they're not going to do anymore so starman is technically going to go out of print so what are you going to do when you sign books what, well, what does that mean because you you do the quote well i do the quote on issue on issues one you, and two so you're going to do a two-part quote well i've only ever done a two-part quote so okay. people that only have those two soft covers but the point is like people don't aren't going to go oh wow it's a soft cover of a, of, a, of the hard cover but if there are these books that are consistent sellers, and I believe Starman is one of those. Like people, mm. are, it is definitely a book that people go, "Oh, my friend recommended I read this." Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those recommend to a friend books, and they 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 don't sell in waves, but they do sell consistent mm-hmm. consistently. And I believe it's a mistake for the, the book to go out of print. So I need to find a way to talk to someone to try and get that point across. That's so tricky because then, then you know, every once in a while you you see these books on Amazon like. Are you know insane like over a hundred bucks? And it's like who's going to pay that? Which you know that or could be people. Well, I mean, but what's what's ironic is like they're doing uh, Secret Society of Supervillains, which was a nineteen seventies comic book. Frankly, terrible. I mean, it had lots of villains, and that was the only thing that made it cool. But it was terrible storytelling. Just fuck. Excuse my language, but fucking <laughs> awful artwork. And they've they've done two volumes in hardcover, and it's like, who the hell do you think's buying this yeah. crap? So it's it's when you first mentioned, it, I'd be like, oh, maybe I should buy that. But then when you said no, it's, it's, so bad. it's so bad. It's like it was one of the worst. I mean, and, and you know, obviously, you can imagine the potential mm-hmm. back back then, you yeah. know, with all the characters that were in it and everything else. But awful. So you know, just because of the title, all it takes is someone picking it up and looking through it and going, "This is crap." Um. And they're stuck with a lot of hardcovers, and they're like, oh, fans don't like hardcovers. It's like, well, no, you're not publishing the right stuff. Hmm. I don't know. It's Yeah, but I going back to Facebook, I mean, I don't know if, if – that seems like that's what a lot of people do when they want to try to save something or if you get you know a bunch of people liking a page. And, and yet it doesn't necessarily mean – like if, if you get a million people like a page, it doesn't mean they're going to commit. They're just well, saying. it's so easy to do like. But, but you know, it, you, yeah. you read something, oh, I like that, I like that, you know. But at, at least it's, it's a – Yes, because you know if you have a page and there's only like like ten likes, and you know, then yes. people aren't even bothering to like it. So I don't know, something something to think about. Um, Kenneth Base, yes, he's another Twitter. Kenny's hat, I think. B B A I S E B A E S E. Yes, I don't know how you say that, and I probably said it wrong because I always say it wrong. 
Um, he says, I asked James on Twitter the other day about the new gods and how they work between the two Earths that we've seen so far. He answered my question, but there's only one set of new gods. But I was wondering if he could elaborate on how the new gods work in the New 52. Um, not really, only because I've really said as much as I can without encroaching on story reveals in in a in earth 2 and and also i potentially am going to encroach on story reveals in um wonder woman and superman and books that i'm not even writing that and that's a really bad thing to do so um i think i've I, i'm sorry uh ken, ken but i think that's as much as i can say for now okay because then he says do they exist in your own dimension outside of the occupied of those occupied by the other two earths can they travel between them freely via boom tube in other words, do new Genesis and Apocalypse exist in their own universe, or do they simultaneously exist in all of them? Is this all confusing enough? So, Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, what can I say about that? They exist in their own dimension, and they, they, can, they can travel through boom tubes, except that at the moment, Earth 2 is shut off from everywhere else, which is, why, which is one of the plot points that's in the actual comic book. Okay. And he says, great work in the book. It's easily one of my favorite superhero books on the shelf at the moment. Thank you very much. And he finally got his hands on a collection of shade. Great stuff. Oh, thank you. Which I still need to get you to sign that. Oh, I'll happily do that. One. Mine is signed. <laughs> um, here's one from CJ Udelson. Um... She says, if James is in, you've been, been consistent lately. Oh, it, coming in? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I try yeah. to. Yeah, but but there is a few times where it's like, uh, we yes. don't know. And, right. and then we got all those questions. James is in, which he's probably not. Okay. Well, here I am. So you're in. CJ. Um, he'd like to say, Earth 2 was just fantastic this month. One of his favorite issues so far. Great job. I also had a question. Um, so he sent this last month. And I, I'm going recent to old, so we'll get to some older ones. Um, okay, well, here's a question for everyone. What's your favorite comic book multi-hero crossover comic book event? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Is it too big? Well, I'm just, I mean, I do like those crossovers. I'd say Secret Wars, because that, that was an early one. Well, that was you? Yeah, I like Secret Wars. Okay. Because, I mean, that was when we didn't have crossovers left and right. So it, it was fun to see these guys get together for the first time and yes. interact. I'm trying to think which one I like the most. See, oh no, sorry. It's okay. Uh, 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 um, Sarah, what's your favorite crossover? Oh gosh, this is so hard. You know what? Um, how about most recent crossover that you read? How about that question? The most recent would be Wrath of the White Lantern, which I don't like. I, I I enjoyed, um, despite the fact that it was too long. I liked X Men Avengers, X X versus I. Yeah, it had a small A versus X, whatever it was called. Yeah, I mean, and and there's repercussions from that. Yes, that we're still seeing. And I'm I've got to say I'm enjoying um, all this Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I think they're so far so good. Yeah. I thought that Jason Aaron Thanos, which isn't in your pile, I'm surprised to say. Oh, that's right. It's not. I thought that was fantastic. I didn't like it so much. Didn't like it? I, I love Thanos. I love that. I have like five Thanos figures, I just realized. Okay. Really. And, and, <laughs> and I, can you hear this? We, yeah, we can, 
absolutely hear it. <laughs> this is terrible. Do you want me to go until I control him? Well, like, well yeah. it's it's we know it's really you, sir. You can't control. Him. Oh my. But so the, the the problem with the book is is I guess seeing Thanos in a more more vulnerable, yes. like almost like nerdy yeah. situation. It's just like. It just seems weird. And, I disagree. And I disagree so much. I tell you why. Fine. I tell you why. I tell you why. Because by the end of the first issue, he's on the path to become Thanos. A, B. I think. But you saw that coming. It's like okay. well, of course I saw it coming. But the, the the route that it took, I thought was a good one. This is what I think about this. How many issues is that Thanos series? Four issues. Um, probably I think five. Five, five issues. issues. So five months from now, we should have the same conversation. I think that's definitely a series. You have to judge on its, oh, no. I'll, on its, I'll say that on its uh, on its completion, not and not in a, on a chapter. I, I mentioned that in review that I mean, obviously, I'm going to stick through this, and I said that the second, the next issue is probably going to be better. But I, I that that's the problem with with reviewing comics is you know we we have to review them individually, and you know we can when you get to like the last issue, and you kind of reflect back on you know how does how does this compare and all that. That is a that is a. A problem with writing comics is they're judged in that way. I, I, I've said before about Starman, I don't know that I would have done it, finished it, if there was the internet. Like, I was writing in kind of a vacuum. And uh, nowadays, where people pick you apart for every issue you do, and they don't see where you're building or where the direction's going or this or that, um, it would have, it might have really discouraged me if I had listened to that stuff. You know, which I try not to, but it's hard hard to completely ignore it. Yeah, and and you know, I try to consider it too because you know, when you have a first issue, it's it's either it's going to be a setup, or you know, you can just like we're we're seeing like kind of like with with Age of Ultron, where you just jump right into the action. It's like we'll explain it later. You know, you don't have to worry about that right now. So that's part of the story I, is seeing the mystery. I, I am fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by, it by. I wonder if like Dickens and and Dumas and the authors of that era, because they wrote episodic fiction. Those chapters were published as, like, pamphlets. And then it was only mm-hmm. when it was all done with it, was it collected. And I wonder if halfway through, you know, Oliver Twist, people are like, what a pile of shit. You know, Dickens, what a hack. He used to be so good. You know, this kind of stuff. Well, I think I think they did, right? There was social commentary at the time while they were writing that, um, and that was being published. Because would they, would they publish the letters and... Well, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. And, and it makes me want to find out, you know, uh-huh. well, whether, whether that was the case, you know, whether, whether people were, whether people were given the benefit of the doubt until the end of the series or if they just blindly loved it or, or what, you know, and we talked, you, you and I, Sarah, I don't know if we talked about it on podcasts, but we talked about in the Three Musketeers how some of the most entertaining chapters of it were when Dumas needed money. So he mm-hmm. would he would write extra chapters that weren't plot specific, but they were just describing life in Paris at, at, at that time in history, mm-hmm. and how sort of interesting and, and illuminating they are. But I wonder mm-hmm. if at the time people were like what a what a crocker shit, you know? Wh- where's the sword fights and where's all the <laughs> yeah. where's all the lusting yeah, I, and plot intrigue? I live here. I live here. I don't need to read about it. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. So 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 I mean, it, actually, it's a very interesting point. But so getting back to Thanos. <laughs> um, um, five months from now, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. No, and 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 you know, I I totally get that, but you know, I just, I as much as I, I love the character, I just, I maybe I, you love the character too much. I don't know, and and you know, I I, I I keep that in mind. There is a grimness about you that I sometimes equate to to the living living embodiment of death. 
So <laughs> possibly that's it. Perhaps they, possibly that's the reason, Tony. Maybe. I, I was I was gonna say that I I reread House of M, which is a which is a story I really like, and that's a that's a crossover. I mean, that was a big. Oh, one. you know what? That would be my favorite, House of M. Absolutely, that was a great one, and all of the ancillary crossovers worked really well as well. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. that even that really heartbreaking single issue with um, Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, did you remember that that one issue where he's just this old guy that's yeah. basically been forgotten by the yeah. world yeah that's so sad. it's sad so yeah. um yeah that that and also the the main books are by what's his name olivia copio mm-hmm. yeah the the designs in that uh, the oh the beautiful designs of the of the like what were they they weren't shield agents but the equivalent of of whatever that was called and uh-huh. all the, and all the clothing and and the look of the of everything superb yeah it's really beautiful i mean his art anyway is just really gorgeous yes um, CJ brings up identity crisis. So I guess some people don't like that. I hate yeah, that. No, I, I, I that's my least because... favorite of all time. I, I absolutely hate really? that series. Well, that's because you like, um, uh, Elongated Man. Yeah. I just find, I just found the whole thing. I mean, and people obviously were pissed at me for killing Leanne, but just, I found the whole book so mean spirited and just, it just depressed me to even look at it. But, and I love Rags Morales' artwork. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be my least favorite. Why? What does he say? Sorry, I already interrupted you. What did he say? No, no, he he just brings that up. Um, uh, he says, I, "I know what happened to Sue is a terrible, terrible thing." Some would say it's it's a seething um, type of brutality. Um, this type of violence has no place in DC universe. Um, he says, "But I try to argue with people on the topic on that topic because it is very touchy when it comes." To, to that, I always say, look at the story as a whole, the plot, the great art by Morales. I think it was a great tale and my favorite major superhero event. Just wondering your opinions on favorite, on your favorites and identity crisis. So, okay. And then he says, Sarah, the way you talk about your town reminds me of an Amish village. Uh, my my grandparents actually live in Amish country. They just moved there. So, okay. yeah. Right, and, 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 but, but ironically... Sarah wears Mormon underwear, those big panties, and she isn't even Mormon, which is really weird. How do you know what kind of underwear I I wear? Stop telling people things that aren't true. You heard it here. Um, This is one from last month. I think this is like under the wire question or after the wire. Mm. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you say. It says, James, I'm a big fan of Earth 2. Been buying every issue since number one, and I love it. I found out you're doing a signing at my local comic shop 10 minutes away from my house on free comic book day. Yes, I am. So he says, I am freaking so excited for that. Flying Colors is a place I go to every week, almost without fail for years. I would hope if you would be so kind to sign my Earth 2 issues. So my question. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, okay, Sarah, you got to come back. I, I turned her volume down. It says, I don't even know where I was. So I would hope that if you'd be so kind to sign my Earth 2 issues. My question is, if I bring to sign all 11, possibly 12 issues of the book, or is that too many? Um, what's, what's the gentleman's name? This is CJ. C- oh, st- still CJ. It's still CJ. Uh, CJ, if you bring uh, all 11 issues, all 12 issues of The Shade, and all 80 issues of, of, of Starman, I will be happy to sign all all, all of them. I will sign absolutely anything you bring. Do, don't don't worry about the amount of comic books. 
anything. Uh, I, I'm just ha- happy to see people, and uh, I'm very flattered that you um, have been following the book and, and are reading it and, and enjoying it. I think you you mentioned this before, where if someone does bring a bunch, you you sign some. And then you set it off to the side and sign some well, other ones. Well, if there's a line, yeah. If if there's a line, what I do is I get the I get a person. If there's you know, I mean, people have brought like a whole run of Starman or or a whole run of books, a, a lot of books, and I get them to break them up into like chunks of fifteen mm-hmm. and kind of you know, and I'll sign fifteen and then and then step to the side and I'll sign some people's books and then I'll sign another fifteen and then sign some more people's books, and that way. You know, people aren't waiting forever, and and but a lot of books are being signed at the same time. Holy so it, wait, it'll be a pro. It'll be great. Roger Ebert died. Well, I kn- yeah. he wasn't yeah. well. I, don't, I knew he's. They said he's get, he's got sick again, but that implied he was maybe going to die soon. That was so very I, soon. I guess he is. Oh, that's sad. I just saw that um, whiz by my my tweet deck thing. So, wow. Um, so, anyways, he says. Flying Colors, it's not a huge shot, but it's a great one. And he says he knows you'll be in demand. Well, it's the birthplace of Free Comic Book Day. Hmm. It, did you know that? It's, where, where is this at? Um, I don't even know. Like, oh, what? it's out of town. I, I should know exactly where it is. It's, it's, it's like I've got to drive about an hour to get to it from San Francisco. Okay. But it's Joe Field is the guy that invented Free Comic Book Day and got it all over the world. So it's the heart of Free Comic Book Day. And I, I, what people still need to understand that comic shops are buying the free comics to give away. Yes. People don't don't understand it. And so when you go in, and I'm, I'm not talking to you, James, I'm talking to people. When you go into your comic shop for free comic book day, try to buy something too. You know, pick up a comic, pick up a trade. Yes. You know, very, 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 very good point. And be very gracious. Good. Thank yes. them for, because they, they're, they're buying them. And so. Um, this is Christopher Foxfire. Um Foxfire, uh, Foxfire art. Foxfire, yeah. Um, Who so I missed? At, I believe I missed at WonderCon. I, I don't think he was there. He's, oh, he wasn't he's, there. No, he's on the East Coast. Oh, well, then I didn't miss him. I'm pr- yeah, I think, I think sure. he was in Kentucky or something. Yeah. Oh. Um. So it's uh, talking about um, Sarah's article on Lady Sif, James, Mr. Robinson. Would you kindly give us an example of a woman from Marvel that you would love to write if you had the option? Yeah, I'd like to write uh, the Wasp and tie it in with Hank Pym, who's one of my favorite DC uh, Marvel characters. Or I'd like to write. Hang on, there's more because I I actually like a lot of Marvel's female characters. Uh, and, and it's always a cheek. So I, I could say I'd like to write Medusa because I love Black Bolt, but that's. Let me think of one that I just. Genuinely... It's like you're defining your women. By yeah, the... exactly. That's that's bad. So let me let me think of one that I would like to write just because they're. My f- oh, Tigra. I'd love to write Tigra. Really? Why? Because she's just interesting, you know, her roots, where she comes from. She's kind of a like, like little un- untapped gem of a character. And she was sort of a joke that, you know, she was banging Hank Pym that was a Skrull and there was all that going on. Skrull babies. Skrull babies. And, and, and there was, you know, Bendis does all that sort of like dialogue where characters are being all bratty to each other and she had... Janet Van Dyne saying to Hank Pym, really? You're banging Tigra? You know, like you can't do any better. But I, I think she's cool. Um, so Tigra, who else do I like in the DC? In the Mar- I keep saying DC, in the Marvel. I like Tigra in West Coast Avengers. Um, hang on, there's one more. Oh, uh, uh, I quite like, uh, what's her name? She's not really been tapped either. Um, <laughs> boom, boom, no pun intended. Um, S- Sable, 
Su- Silver Sable. What's her name? Silver Sable. Silver Sable. She's dead. She. They killed her off. Didn't she die? She died in um, Ends of the Earth. They did. I think so. Oh, for that's sure. a shame. Remember that story where Doc got this before? Is, no, this is like the, the, the character that was with Dominic Fortune in that miniseries. Yeah, yeah she was cool. Ah, oh, that's such a shame. Like, what? That's well, just... I mean, it's comic books, but yeah, but still. You know, Although it's, she doesn't have superpowers, so it'd be harder for her to come back. I have a terrible track record at liking characters and get killed off, so I'm always worried to admit I like a character. Like Leanne. But, uh, well. <laughs> um, Christopher says, I would like to ask for Mr. Robinson's views on some of the hypocrisy we see generally in Western media. In comics and many more forms of media, we often see violence applauded. One of the largest staples of comics is the battles. However, things with any nudity or sex, are seen as controversial. If you were to show a graphic image of someone being shot in the head in a comic, you'd likely get a mature rating, but no one would think much of it. However, if you were to show any scene of graphic sexual intercourse, that would be labeled as pornography, and many stories wouldn't even carry it. What does that say when we treat violence and murder as a norm, but the natural act of sex as immoral? Well, I mean, I think he's answered my own question, but he's he's, he's given the answer I would give, which is it's ridiculous. I mean, I, w- I grew up in England, which were, is a much more relaxed attitude to that. What is that? What? That noise. I, I, we can't hear anything. That's James talking. That's me talking. That, that, that uh, annoying, irritating, buzzy noise in your ear is me. <laughs> um, but, like, for instance, you know, with... with, with with plays, you know, that had nudity in them on TV, they would if they, if it was some some topless scene like, and this is like classy drama like Pennies from Heaven and you know, I Claudius and stuff like that. It would be shown after after the news at nine twenty, and then if there was any like full full frontal nudity, it would be after about ten thirty. So the idea was, you know, your children shouldn't be up at ten thirty, and it was up to you to be a responsible parent, which is partly what all this comes down to. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I have, I'm, I'm, I have, a, I'm f- far more easygoing about like nudity and sexuality and even pornography than most people. It's things that do not bother me at all throw people into a tizzy. So um, I think it's ludicrous, honestly. But, but you know, some people. Uh, uh, you know, th- th- most people are uncomfortable by sex. They just, it, especially in America, it seems, where people can get really weird about it—that it's something dirty or it's something, you know, that shouldn't be discussed or it's just for the bedroom. You know, whereas I'm like, like some sort of weird ancient Roman that thinks it should be done in the street. Yeah, you know, which is why I live in San Francisco, where it often is done in the street. Well, okay, so so I think it's kind of weird that you know. American society is that way, where they're they're so prudish when it comes to sex and sexuality. But then at the same time, you look at pop stars and they're over-sexualized in almost a, a negative way. Well, well, you know, it's interesting because it is a double-edged sword because at the same time that I think, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I remember, uh, and, and I have an example, there's an example of this, and obviously I, I'm not going to go into to de- to extreme details, but... I remember watching MTV at – I happened to be watching it. You know, and this is when I'm a grown man. I'm in like 30-something. And there was a show on at like 4 o'clock when kids are coming home from school, and it was this mock trial show where like 
a boyfriend and a girlfriend who'd broken up would kind of like sue each other in a mock courtroom. And they would be talking about, they'd be making jokes and everyone would be like ooing and ahhing in the audience about like, you know, her going down on him in a, in a, in a cinema and on their first date and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this is four o'clock in the afternoon. There was like 12 year old kids watching this and 11 year old kids. And you're making sex seem almost like incidental at that age. And it's weird because I do have this thing that I think that like sex is special enough that you should do it at the right time in your life. And you shouldn't feel peer pressure to do it too soon or when you're too young. And, and I remember mentioning this to a couple that I knew whose daughter was really into all these shows. who was like 13 years old. And, um, and she was like obsessed with Britney Spears and do me baby one more time in the, you know, who's dressed up like a schoolgirl and all this stuff. And what's so funny? It's hit me baby. No. Oh, hit me, hit me. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, hit me baby is do me baby. It's the same. It's slang. So anyway, long story short, she ended up like getting, becoming sexually active at a, an age where it, it was way too young. And now, see, I, I think you're answering. That's, that's the reason why society is like that. Yeah. But, but I mean, I said to these parents, you know, she's watching some stuff. I don't think she should be watching at her age. And they're like, oh, no, she's fine. She could look after herself. Whereas, you know, the, the idea is be a parent and, and, mm-hmm. you know, and also if, you know, educate your child on the right and wrong things to do, you know? So, cause I, I think the reason why violence is more acceptable if, you know, and I use that loosely is I, I, I think it's easier for people to understand that you shouldn't kill someone, you know, and, and yet or there's whatever rare instances where someone might be influenced by something. But I, I think they get that when it comes to sexual scenes, because that that's more of an unknown area. And it's, it's not like, I mean, you have sex. It's not like killing someone. No, I mean, and, you're, and, and, you're, you're expected at yeah. some point in life to have sex. Yeah, so kid, yeah, kid, young, young people know that. So when they, they see it display, or, you know, when, in whatever media things, then they might be like, oh, maybe I should start trying this. Versus if you see a violent scene, it's not like you're necessarily going to say, oh, I want to, you know, tr- knock someone's head off and see what that's like. So right. I, I think that's, that's the different why, difference why society is more accepting of violence, not that, you know, we're saying five-year-olds should see it. Versus if anything sexually, because I mean that that I, I kind of touched on that when I reviewed that Miss Fury comic. Right. Where here we got this female character, she's kicking butt, she's really cool and everything like that. But then they they hint at you know they they show her getting out of the bathtub and they show her butt and you know side boob and you know right, and, and, and right. her in the scene. It's like I didn't think that that was necessary. So even though she's she's kicking these guys' butts and stuff like that, that's one thing. But it's like. I don't think you need to, to go resort to the, the sexual angle, even though it's comic book drawing and you have a woman well, in skin-tight and also costume. Miss, Miss Fury was always kind of a sexual comic, even back in the – when, I, when I it was first know much published in the, as a newspaper strip. So I just, I just think it, it's, it's kind of you know, going along with, with what Christopher's saying. That if there's violence, you know, or I mean if there, there's nudity or, or sex, then you know, some stories are going to – not carry it and that's just the way society is so how old is your daughter nine so you're like freaking out probably no 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 oh. she's, she's she's i mean i i i i could say with like 99.9 percent certainty i know where where she stands on things i mean we, okay. she, she's a very open kid and and you know we have a and and it goes back to the parenting i'm so, not, not trying so, to pat myself so, on the so back seven or eight years when she and i are dating you're gonna you're gonna be fine with that oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible person, Gene. Um, 
And then for Mr. Robinson... Tony gave me a complete stink eye when I said that, by the way. I didn't give you anything. Because <laughs> I, 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 I know better. She knows better. She listens to the podcast. No, she doesn't. Um, I'm curious if, as a writer, he's ever been accused of having whole, holes in his plot when all he's doing was foreshadowing to events he would explain later. Um... Do you have any examples? Or? Yes. Uh, well, it, the, both. Uh, do I have any examples? Wow. Well, just whatever. I mean, if you can't think of anything. Um, I can't think of anything. Yeah, it, there's been both. There's been two things. What, sometimes I've had it all planned out, and I'm accused of he's doing this or doing that, and actually it was always planned. And sometimes they'll say something, and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't think of that. And then I'll have to scramble and fix it. But to see, the thing is when, when, you've, you, when, you, when the story plays out, readers don't know if you are scrambling – or if you were yeah, foreshadowing. I know. So I know. You and that's say. a secret. I, I will never tell. You know. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it's, it's happened where I've been accused of that and it, it wasn't the case. Okay. And then um, he says, so the Bioshock games are pretty well known for deeply constructed worlds, draw, dropping plot twists. Um, would you kind of give some examples of some comics that you've read that had such jaw-dropping revelations that it honestly shocked you? And we're going into spoilers. Well, it's it, a little bit. It's also these are the questions that I I don't actually like getting. I, I wish I'd like get them ahead of time. Ahead of time. Well, I mean, if you want to come because, back to this, yeah, let's come back to it. I, I mean, and I, I I'm not being rude. What's his? What's, sorry, Christopher Foxfire. Oh, Foxfire. It's just that you want to get the right. Yeah, you takes, always forget. You walk out the yeah, door. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it, it is like having that that zinger of a comeback for an argument, and you get it. You remember it five minutes after mm-hmm. you've had it. Uh, I, I would rather come back because it's, it's a really good question, actually. Um, yeah. I, I just would like to take my time and think about that one. Yeah. So remind me next month, and I will have thought of it by then. And Christopher, you can remind me by sending this question again. Yes, <laughs> but like, like I mean, Amazing Spider-Man um, six ninety eight. I mean, I think there there's a, a big twist there when you, the whole Doc Ock Spider-Man. Yeah, thing. I Cause, mean, cause and then, it's always. I, I mean, I do like when they can. Nowadays, it's so hard with. With these people that just revel in being in spoilers, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's that there, there's that website that's always like takes pride in doing it. I say I, I still it, I mean, when you see it in a comic book, it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I still tiptoe around Superior Spider-Man. I hate mentioning Doc Ock, yeah. even though it's been so long now. But that I mean, that issue you read through the whole issue, and at the end, you find out that like you have to go back and reread it right? because it, it changes everything. And yes. that, I mean, that's, that's the one example that comes to mind and you know, I'm sure there are others. So that's, that's our homework for this, yes, week, absolutely. For this month to, to think of other ones. But I, I, I like that. And um, I think mind the gap is, is getting there. Um, Jim McCann. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's like twists left and right. Um, and this month he did a silent issue this week. Okay. So that's always cool. Um, Derek Brunell says, I bought the shade paperback two weeks ago. It, it was very you. Okay. Well, I, I, I suppose that's – I don't know what that means. Because okay, it says, I thought it was very entertaining and humorous. Oh, okay. So just well, like thank you, you very much. Um, I really like La Sangre too. Hope to see her again in the future. I would love to do more with her. I mean, unfortunately, the book, clean, did, the book didn't sell – I don't know where to go with you sometimes. I mean, you're also like... Where do you want to go? Don't, you just... Yeah. Well, you know what? Where, where we should go? We should go to Folsom this year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I will lead you around by a dog collie. You'll have a blast. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 
Go on, um, La Sangre, come on, same topic. Uh, I'd like to do more with her. The problem is that, that the shade didn't sell well. So DC would go, oh, well, no one cares. So, uh, But I, I do enjoy writing that character, and I'm quite proud of having created her because, as I've said before, no one's thought before to do a happy vampire. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, happy, if they're happy being vampires, they tend to be evil. Like, they enjoy doing evil things. But good vampires are either these sort of doleful, you know, girl girl boys that swan around being Byron-esque, or they're just completely pissed off with being a vampire and hate vampires, you know, but no one's ever happy and just does a good, happy vampire. So she's a lot of fun to write. You know, all of those characters that I'd created in, in issue of Mon-El, which I'd, or issue of Superman, rather. I don't know if anyone's aware of that, but they were all... They all appeared in Superman first. Well, not all of them, but Von Hammer did and uh, um, Beaumont. You know, uh, some of those characters at least. Um, I'd love to work with them again, you know, the, these characters around the world that I came up with. Okay, and Derek says, he thought Wotan's origin was great. Notice similarities to one of Hawkgirl's origins. Is that deliberate? Yes, it's, it's and it, that also there's more to her origin, and I'll explain that later when I, when I deal with it. Because at the moment, there's a vague idea that she got it, her powers at the same time that that Khalid found her his his mantle, his his and the helm. And I'm saving up her origin for like you know a, a big story that we'll get to in the court. I mean, or a miniseries or something. I, I mean, not that there's anything been announced, but mm-hmm. as things happen, I would love to do more with Hawk Girl and really make her a, a little star in her own storyline. Um, he says. If so, could Hawk Girl of Earth Two at one point have been the Hawkman of Earth Two? Oh, she's oh, he's talking about like reincarnation. Um, no, I've got other ideas along those lines. Okay, does Wotan? It's that's how you say it, like kind of like a V. Wotan. You you I, you can. That's the way that a Scandinavian would say it. Absolutely. Um, does Wotan? Did you laugh at that, Sarah? I did. Why was I? Don't know what was funny though. Um, I don't know why. I mean, is he Scandinavian? Yes, Carol Votan is. Can't get more Scandinavian than that. All right, then it's not funny. <laughs> Does Votan view itself as male or female? Um, I, I, I tried to, without being specific or, or dwelling on the issue, I tried to sort of make it seem like he's gone beyond feeling like he's male or female. He's just this reincarnated human being that's one or the other and has become I- this. Not asexual because that that implies they have no sexuality, but um, polymorph. No, polymorphous. That's, that's, I don't know. I don't know. You know, m- both sexes at once. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says. I, I, Go on, Sarah. What? I said I I got the se- that sense. And and Derek said at this point, does it even matter to the character? Yeah, it doesn't that's, matter. Yeah. Um, a lot of people speculated Fury might have been Big Barda in the beginning. Obviously, it's not the case now. Was that deliberate misdirection built into Fury's design, or something else that you guys didn't? anticipate um no i knew that people would think that i just didn't want to cl- clutter the, the the gatefold cover by having fury barter and mr miracle but i knew people would think that and at times it bothers me because it's never like oh that's interesting they're combining two characters in one it's always like oh robinson you suck <laughs> you know you, you're fucking up barter my my favorite character so so I, and I knew I was going to get a bit of that, but you just have to roll with the punches, you know, and just know that it's like two months between solicitation and the book coming out. You just have to, you know, hunker down. Given Voltan's green skin color, 
Presumably, he, she would have been mistaken for a changeling, changeling child at some point in his or her life? Question mark. Quite possibly. Was Voltan at the risk of infant side as a result, or was he, she always born fully empowered? No, it's, no. Well, I haven't thought that through. That obviously, you're you're you're, you're giving. Thank you've given me ideas for storylines, possibly, but I hadn't thought it through that that much. But yes, in theory, that would definitely be the case. Because he says, if the Chandling thing is in play, and if you haven't read them, you should get Carol Silver's book, Strange and Secret Peoples, Fairies and Victorian Consciousness, and Susan Shoon Elberly's article, Fairies and the Folklore of Disability. Um, I absolutely will. I will get Tony. Seriously, I'm not, this isn't just lip service. I will um, get Tony to forward me those because he's got the his email, which I don't yeah. have. And I will, I will definitely look both those up because that sounds very interesting, actually. Okay, so I won't delete this one. Yeah, don't, please. Um, it says, you obviously have an interest in LGBT rights, given your previous work. Have you ever wanted to work on the X-Men, given that the franchise is one people asso- most associate with gay rights and minority issues in general? Um, it's, it's crossed my mind. Um, no, yes and no. I mean, the, the thing about X-Men is it, it's looking... I mean, I've, I, I've enjoyed different creators' arcs on X-Men, but it always seems there's so many characters and so much... It, I find it daunting, you know, to, to go into it. But having said that, I've lo- I'm loving um, what Peter David's doing with X-Factor um, and, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's happening at the moment. Okay, and I just forwarded you the email. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Um, DJ Invincible says, I love Earth 2 number 11 this week. Um, ever since the book has come out, it has been my favorite comic every month. Any chance of Airwave showing up in Earth 2? Uh, yes, there's a chance of that. Absolutely. Okay. Are Mr. Miracle and Big Barter now residents of Earth 2 or simply hiding out there? They're residents. Have you already thought about a meeting between the new Earth 2 Batman and Huntress? Oh my goodness! Um, all of those, all of that stuff. Eventually, everything is going to be happen, you know, at some point. Because I'm curious to see what she thinks of someone taking over her father's mantle. Well, we're gonna we're gonna find out one day, but but not for a while. So don't don't get too excited just yet. Um, have you figured out where the Justice Society's headquarters is going to be once the team forms? Um, yes, I have. Because I get the impression they won't be operating out of the brownstone in this reboot. So I'm very curious to see where they decide to set up shop. Yes, no, I've, I've, I've decided where it's going to be. Okay. But you're not telling? No. Um, Mike Fitzgerald says, um, can you tell us who is the d- designing the characters mentioned, he mentioned at WonderCon this weekend? Barda, Wildcat, Our Man, Red Arrow, Red Tornado, and Red Bee? Uh, let me think. I'm not sure about a couple of those yet. Um, I think uh, as far as I'm aware at the moment, Nicola is doing Red Arrow. Um, uh, Ilderay did design the Red Torpedo craft. Uh, what what else? Barter and Our Man Wildcat. No, they, they they're not been designed yet. That's too far off. Okay. Um, also, in issue seven, Sloan mentioned Project Biohive. Was this a hint at Red B? And it seemed in reports that Red B would be female. Can you comment? Uh, yes and yes. Okay. 
I'm very excited to see Red Arrow on Earth 2, and while I understand there was a Roy and Ollie in original Earth 2, I'm hoping against hope that it might be some version of Connor. I just I, I think I think if I say any more I'm gonna start okay, revealing so too much. Don't yeah. Confirm or deny it. It's close enough, you know, that it isn't like it isn't like you've got to wait months and months and months and months. Yeah. It's a few months away, so just yeah. just hang in there. Just like excitement. Yeah. Um will fans learn a new Batman of Earth two secret identity in an annual or will fans have to wait? They'll have to wait. It isn't gonna be I'm not gonna wait like a year or some crazy amount of time, but I just wanna keep it fun to just keep keep fans guessing for a little while. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy that. When when you don't know. Um, also, where did you envision Opal to exist? Um, I originally intended, I kind of messed up, honestly. It, it's, it almost became like, you know, El Dorado, like the floating city that's, that goes from place to place. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. originally I imagined it being sort of Baltimore. But then I had, the, had it sort of with the prairie, like close to the prairies. And there was that issue with Starman that it felt almost like it was in Arizona. I kind of, I really, it went crazy. But I, I guess sort of as far I mean, pirates would, would go up the rivers from the East Coast. I guess. Mike. What, what, what does he say? He thought it was Maryland after Starman. Oh, B- Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, yeah that's, where I, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. So somewhere like that, but as far inland as possible. And he said, is there an opal on Earth too? Uh, no. Okay. Um, Mike. Or no, Mike. I don't know where I get that. That's last one. Claudio Ciccini. Um, have you ever visited Australia? I lived there for four years oh. when I was a boy. My mother emigrated with me uh, when I was four years old, and she didn't like it. So we we came back when I was eight, almost nine years old. Any chance you might attend a convention there one day? I would love to. I, I thought I'd, I I I may. I, th- th- I think there's a convention that wants to invite me. I just haven't made it happen yet. Nicholas Scott goes to all of the conventions there, so maybe you could tag along with her. Yes, it would be that would be a lot of fun. Um, you probably get asked this next question all the time, but will we ever see any more issues of Leave It to Chance? Um, Have you tracked down Paul Smith? Well, I haven't, but I guess I guess with the announcement of the Rocketeer Spirit crossover, mm-hmm. um, Scott Dumbia has. Uh, so obviously, I know Scott Dumbia, so it's. It's it's one fraction of a percent more likely than it was before WonderCon. That's gonna be cool, Rocketeer and Spirit. Yeah. Um, how much do you think your writing style has evolved? I'm asking because I'm currently rereading some of your older work, like Starman and Golden Age. I noticed they occasionally had these full splash pages peppered with narrative, which you use, for instance, to give the reader some added insight about Jack Knight as he's shopping for antiques or explain events that have shaped American 40s as Johnny Chambers edits a documentary. It's something I haven't seen in your recent work, and I'm wondering if it's because your writing style has evolved. Um, I think about those things that I, I've, I've done in the past. Um, I, some of it is because it suited that story, you know, that, that kind of that character, um, that book. Um, it's possible you'll see a bit more of that. On Earth too, with with uh, in fact, there's an issue I'm writing at the moment that has has a bit of that. So it, it it hasn't gone away, but definitely by writing stuff that's slightly less introspective, I perhaps tried to do stuff that's a little bit more mainstream, and that's affected my, my work. Um, it's something I'm constantly thinking about: is whether my work's taking you know too far a step away from what it was, or if 
it's evolving in a good place. I never, I'm never happy or satisfied with my work or complacent. I'm constantly thinking about it. Okay, um, this is probably. Hang on. I think I got a couple. We, we more. got like two more questions. Okay. Yeah. Calvin Wycliffe. Um, <laughs> this is a long one. How do you break into comics? Oh boy. Well, I mean, is he an artist or a writer? Firstly, I don't know. Okay, Calvin, if you're listening. No, I mean, I mean, that's a, it's a question we've talked about before. Um, and there really isn't a one way. You know, if you're a writer, you the, the the ways that consistently work. If you're a writer, the two ways that are, are best to do it is you get a job in editorial, and get to get to learn the craft of writing comics through being an assistant editor and an editor. That you know, that's how Peter Tomasi started. That's how quite a mm-hmm. few people did. The other way is to find somebody who like do mini comics. Find find if you can't draw, find someone that has good art style, not some someone that, and it doesn't have to be like superhero style, but it just has to be a good style to look at. Like if you look at the artist, like the guy that does Chew over at Image, you know, mm-hmm. that is not a, a classic superhero style, but it suits that book, mm-hmm. suits the story. And then you know, do a mini comic or do a self published, you know, twenty page comic. Get it published in a in, in a small press. You know, obviously now Image is not small press, but one of those independent publishers. And with that comic book, you can then take it to a bigger company and say, this is what I can do. And they'll take you more seriously than if you just go with a bunch of story ideas for characters that they've probably already got half a dozen writers hooked up to do them. Mm -hmm. That's the the short answer. And obviously there's a longer one, but I'm sorry, I just don't have time today. Okay. E. Hicks, um, with new Batman and Earth 2, will there be a new Catwoman? Um, No plans at the moment. Okay. Um, with the tease of Earth Prime and Earth Two crossover, um, hold on. The um, technically there is already an Earth Two catalog. Well, there, right? yes, yes. I mean, that's that's the oh, stuff I don't want to. The stuff I don't want to talk about, and I'm, it's you know, I want to just leave that question floating in the air for now. Um, okay. you you don't want to talk anything about the crossover, right? I think it's too early. It's way 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 too early. There's so much. That has to be set up and everything else. Because yeah, he says, it's, how many characters would be? Cra- I mean, I no, guess. no. It's 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 a, it's an. Ex- I mean, it's nice that people are that excited, and I, I I just wanted people to know that like this book isn't off. Isn't like a an ultimate book where it's off in the middle of nowhere and you don't have to pay attention to it. It is a book that is a part of the DC universe. Um, but like I've always said, it's like a ways off before we get really get to that. I'm lit just now beginning to sow the seeds. You know, with issue thirteen and beyond, you'll, you'll you'll definitely see it all begin to take shape. Okay, because then he says, "Will it be more than Flash meets Flash and other non-just meetings?" Um. Um. So, with Earth Two building world's finest, um, sort of an Earth Two title, will DC be expanding the Earth Two universe with more books in the coming waves? And I don't think. St- st- stay tuned. Yeah, we just have to wait and see. Yes. Um, I think. That's about it. All right. Well, I have to skedaddle. But uh, as always, uh, Tony and Sarah, it's been a pleasure. And I would definitely, I would definitely be back uh, first Thursday of the month. Okay. For the next. For your monthly visit. For a monthly visit, yes. <laughs> That's what I referred to. Why is that funny? You, you. That's how I referred to it to, to Alex <laughs> at DC. Okay. It's like James is coming in for his monthly visit. <laughs> I was like that. Anyways, James got to go. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you very much for the questions, everybody. And um, 
The question from Foxfire, I will think about it and definitely will answer that one next month. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, so that was James. He'll be back in a month. Um, Sarah, did you get a chance to read Action Comics yet? Yeah. Okay, what did you think? Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I, I wasn't too crazy about it, to be honest. I, cause I, I loved the Lois and Clark scene at the beginning. You did? I did, because I feel like we haven't had any interaction really in, in the New 52, because, you know, this was when they're both reporters, and yeah. what we saw before, you know, she got got her promotion, and then it's it just it it felt like there was no connection between them. And here, you know, there's that one scene the way you know Tony Danley draws them, like you know, looking at each other, and you can feel. Mm-hmm. I I felt like that there was like a connection there. So I I I thought that was you, great. You didn't feel like it was a little bit forced. No, I mean it's it's a year ago, and and I because this is the the like the big question I, I always had was like what kind of relationship did they have? You know, was there ever anything involved? Because you know we're, we're talking five years, mm-hmm. and and just the way she was like talking about him, like and, and I think it was like the first issue Superman when you know, he goes to her apartment and that guy you know Jonathan Carroll's there, and she's like oh that's just someone I work with that's nobody, and you know yeah she could have just been saying that. To mm-hmm. you know, to her her boyfriend, or maybe that's how she really felt. It's just, you know, you never really knew. So I, I like that that there is something because there there should be a connection between the two of them, and you know, you get hints mm-hmm. of that, but it, it just felt like it's non-existent in in the other comic. So I I like that, you know, there was something there. Um, it, was, it was definitely really pretty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought. Um, I, I said, I didn't really like the, the big mech suits or whatever that he was fighting because yeah, no, me that's just insane. It's like, this is a year ago and the cost of those things and just to be able to build those. I mean, you can't have that kind of technology and you know, it just seemed like a bit much. And then, um, I, I also commented like what Lex does to Superman, his little like kind of scheme that he has going on. It, that almost seems like it, w- it was too much because what's to stop him from trying to do that again? Because, I mean, that, that's – as we're going to see in, in the coming issues, that's kind of a big deal what he does. Now, Andy Diggle's not on this series for very long, right? Well, no. I mean, he, he's listed on this one. But then um, Tony Daniel – I'm not sure, like, even if he's on the next issue or not, but then Tony Daniel is just going to – script it based off of Tony's or based off of Andy's plots. Right. So, so it's, it's going to be his story. The whole arc should be Andy Diggle's story. I mean, assuming he has like a, an outline for the whole thing, you know, if, if he finished, you know, the direction and everything, it just sounded like Tony Daniel is just saying, okay, here's, this is where we're supposed to end up. You know, that here's whatever issue 20, 21, 22. So I, I mean, I don't know specifically how far, but um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't enjoy it. And it, the, the weird thing is the solicit mentions Lex Luthor's scar that like we're, uh, maybe in this arc, we're supposed to find out how he gets the scar. That was actually something I was going to ask Labdell, but I forgot, but he's, he's got no scar the, here. The solicit for action 19. Yeah. It says something about witness how, or how he got a scar or something like that, but he does not. Did, have. did 
did I just miss that in the issue? Because no, I, no, that's what I'm saying. It, it's not in the issue. He has no scar, but the solicit said that. So I'm wondering if maybe in a later um, issue we'll we'll find out. But mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, what about Batwing? No, I didn't have a chance to to finish that. Oh, so you don't know who the new Batwing is? I don't know who the new Batwing is. Can well, we talk about it? Uh, I mean, it, we could spoil it. It's yeah. It's I mean, it's already been out there. And, you know, I wrote that article, which spoiled it. So basically what what happens is David decides he that Batwing's not working for him. That, you know, uh-huh. that it, it and, and I, I think it kind of makes sense what, what he says to him that, you know, it, it's it's not Africa. I mean, it's 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 not Gotham that they're the symbol of a bat. It doesn't have the same meaning. And, you know, he's he's saying that he needs to do something else. Mm-hmm. And that was always, to me, that was kind of the weird thing is, is it just felt, it's supposed to be this, you know, Batman character, Batman Inc., but always just felt so separate. And mm-hmm. so I, I could see him as going off and doing his own thing. You know, he, he doesn't need that costume that he could do something else. So, I mean, some people, a lot of people aren't, aren't happy about that, but. Um, Okay, here's the thing. So this new character, how does he? Well, we we just get how a. Gl- how is he going to be different from the other, you know, Batman family characters that we have? Like okay. How is he, how is he going to be different from Nightwing, or how is he going to be different? Because what made what made David different was that he's dealing in a different part of the world, and I feel like there was a lot of potential for stories dealing with. Um, maybe, I mean, okay, in, in Africa right now, and and you could rip stories right from the headlines and write about, you know, guerrilla warfare and, and terrorism and, um, like all the poverty. And I, I feel like there are a lot of things that could have been done that really weren't at all. And I, I, maybe, maybe it's just me. I feel like there could have there was a missed opportunity here. So maybe you can tell me how this new character. I'm not going to say his name, but this new character is going to be. I thought we were going to say his name. Oh well, I was waiting for you, and then you didn't, oh. so I figured we were not going to. No, and we can't. So the idea is to bring Batwing closer to Gotham, and Batman shows Alfred that that Lucius Fox made a new suit it's like super high tech and it it it's, looks like it's the beginning of the batman beyond suit i mean there, there's some similarities to it you know, just even by the look of it and alfred even jokes he's like next you're gonna tell me it, it turns invisible so we, we got this like super high tech suit and all that and what we find out is they don't officially say it but we see this character and we we, we pretty much know it's him it, it's this guy called luke fox Mm-hmm. who is um, an MMA fighter. So, you know, he's one of those ultimate... So he's he's got the fighting style stuff down. So he's got that. You know, he yeah, he could probably use more training or whatever, but he's he's been doing this for four years. So we have to assume, you know, he knows what he's doing there. And then he'll have the suit. And being Lucius Fox's son, that, that's where it's going to get messy. Because mm-hmm. if, if Lucius Fox knows, you know, he's going to be pissed. Yeah, and well, I mean that's definitely an interesting concept. 
But um, do you think that that means that, you know, DC is trying to take in the, the Batman Incorporated banner, like kind of do away with it? I, I think I saw somewhere related to this. I, I, I think Grant Morrison kind of said that he wanted to, when he was done, to take all that away, to strip Batman back down to just him and Alfred and the cave. So, you know, that, that could be part of it. And... I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, like it's, I said, with with David not being Batwing anymore, it doesn't mean that's that's last we'll see of him. And you know, Batman even tells him he's like, you know, you have the resources of Batman Incorporated if you ever need them or want them. So mm-hmm. you know, we have that. And in Batman Beyond, there was a Lucius Fox Jr. And you know, I'm I'm assuming Luke Fox is Lucius Fox Jr. You know, it, it's not. It hasn't been confirmed yet. There, there was an interview that, that came out um, Wednesday, I think it was at Newsarama, and I think it was Justin that kind of tiptoed around it, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it seems like it, it's, it's got to be him. So I, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting thing, and, and hopefully it will jumpstart the series since it hasn't been doing that, that great. So I, I, I think it's, it's an interesting take that it's different. And, you know, they, they said he's still going to be like an international Batman. You know, he'll still be going around and, he, you know, he is going to be going to Africa. Um, so it's, it's just it's, it's not he's not just going to be in Africa. You know, he'll, he'll go wherever he's needed and be in Gotham if he's needed and, and so forth. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the idea. So I'm curious to see where it's going to go. What else did you read this week? Um, well, there's obviously the stuff I reviewed. Um, there's a couple things I, I downloaded that I skimmed through, but I didn't really have a, a chance to look at. Um, like Green Arrow, I really wanted to read that, but I didn't really mm-hmm. have a chance to. Um, um, long, we can just say good as always. So. Yeah. So it's, it's good. I'm enjoying that. Um, all um, new, all new X-Men. Uh, yeah. Um, I I liked that actually. I I thought it was really good. I'm in love with the art in that series. I mean, it's really amazing. Like every week, every or every month, it's like it's so good. We're talking about X Men, right? All new X Men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, X Men. And um, the only thing is, is Wolverine looked a little little weird. You think so? Yeah. There's there's like three panels. Like when when um, he's about to go after Cyclops and then like Gene kind of says something to him. His face looks very scrunched, but no, it, it was, it was good. It was, it was fun. Um, we, we got like a crazy tease at the end. I have my theories, mm-hmm. which, you know, we, we won't go into that, but it, um, but Matt, Matt didn't love it, huh? No, he, he gave it a, a three. I, f- I forget what all his complaints. I forget what he, what I, he, I would have given it a four at least. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, it, I, I, I'd have to say it wasn't one of my favorite issues. Um, mm-hmm. Part of it is, is it, it seems like you know we've had more of that the fun element to it, where mm-hmm. you know not not just like all you know joking around and everything, but this one wasn't quite there. I mean, maybe it was a little more serious, and and it is a lot of talking, but you know we do get that in a lot of the, the issues, mm-hmm. and you know just seeing how everything's playing out. So. But I, I still like it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what I think about Mystique and, you know, what she's doing. So. Oh, really? That's what I kind of liked about it. I don't know. It was cool. I don't know. So we'll see how, how, how that goes. Um, 
It's a Green Lantern. I don't that, as I mentioned this, the Wrath of the First Lantern. I'm not digging the story. I don't like that character. I don't I don't care for him at all. Uh, it sucks because after this, there's only one more issue for Jeff Johns, and you get a sense of that. You can see that he's going all out, and it ends on a pretty crazy note. So people want to check that out. Um, there's new Swamp Thing, or it's the first um, Charles Soleil. I gave this a three, and some people weren't happy about that, of course. And what's why did you think it was just a three? So, it, and it's it's not be, you know some people are like oh because it wasn't Scott Snyder I mean that that's not the point the the reason is is you know the the first eighteen issues nineteen if you count to zero they've all been kind of separate from the DC universe which is a, a good and a bad thing and you know when when you look at like Swamp Thing stories from the past you know th- there he's not like a a DC he's not a superhero character so. It's just weird that and, – and yeah, I've said that Rot World, that, that whole thing, that story kind of went on you know, a bit too long. I, I, you know, I, I've said that. But here it's like all of a sudden, okay, you know, this, this new guy's taking over the series, and then he, he sends Swamp Thing to Metropolis because he wants to talk to Superman. That makes sense because Superman talked to Alec Holland in the first issue. So you know, there is that connection, and you know, he wants to talk to Superman some more. But then when, when he's there, he runs into Scarecrow. Which is a little odd, you know. Scarecrow is in Metropolis for a reason, you know. It, it ties into stuff that happens in Just Leave America, but it's just it seems kind of weird that here's a character that for you know a year and a half has been on his own, and now suddenly he's going up against Scarecrow and and, and Superman's involved. And and the other thing is just the way the dialogue when we hear Alec talking kind of didn't really sound the way he was written. And, you know, here's this guy that he was dead for all this time. And, you know, he was resurrected in Brightest Day, which sort of kind of maybe might have happened. You know, there, there's still that thing where he was recently brought back before, you know, the New 52. So mm-hmm. that's just my thing. And, 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 you know, again, because I gave it a three doesn't mean I hated it. It's just that, you know. Uh, it wasn't great, it was, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah, there, there's potential. You know, it's, it's you know. Good. Um, Did te- you read Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did you read Polarity? I did not. Um, I, I want to read that because I've been hearing people are loving it. Um, mm-hmm. And I know nothing about it, just that, you know, Boom put it out. So I got to I gotta check that out. Um, anyway, Detective. So Detective was a huge issue. It's 80 pages, $8 comic. And because this is the nine, 900th issue of Detective Comic, they said. So... Did you feel like it was worth the eight bucks? Um, so Corey actually reviewed this. Mm-hmm. So he he reviewed. I, I let him review a couple <laughs> books. Um, he mentioned that you know he he could have time to do a couple. So um, I had him do a two, and he gave it a four. He he seemed like he he liked it. Um, I think he felt it was worth it. I uh, you know there's there's quite a bit of stories. Uh, See. So Layman does one, two, three. He does four stories, and uh, James Tynan, the fourth, does a, a Bane story, which is going to lead into um, Talon. If people have seen, because that's been revealed that he's on the the gatefold cover. And um, I don't know if you read Talon last week or not, but there's a a bit of a twist, and you know we didn't get a chance to talk about that because obviously there's no podcast last week, but. 
talent is crazy. So, I mean, the, the series is people definitely need to check that out. And, um, just what, what the whole series has been really good. Yeah. And I don't think there's an issue that I haven't really liked. And if, if, um, people have watched the interview with James from WonderCon, I mean, he, he, the way he talks about Bane, it's like, you can tell that he really gets it because when Bane was in, uh, Batman and dark Knight, I, I, I don't even know what was going on there. And it's, it's just, it seemed weird. So it's, it's going to be good. Um, Age of Ultron, Matt did not like this. Really? And, yeah. Um, I think he gave it a two. Have you, have you been liking this series? Because I, I haven't been so crazy about it. I, I, I mean, it's okay, but I didn't read this last issue, but I've read the one before and I've just been kind of like, all right. Yeah, it's I I le- really like. It feels out of place to me. Well, I I really like the first issue. I like the second issue. The third one was was okay. Um, the ending was weird, and then it kind of touches on some stuff here, which I guess now now that I think about it, because um, so Brian Hitch did this, and you know we're gonna see a different art. I forget who's doing. It. I don't know if it's Carlos Pacheco or someone else is is doing the art. And Bendis did say that there's kind of like a reason for the difference in the art, like a change in the art style. And I think we kind of get that from this issue, like why? And that makes sense. So, you know, I, I can, I can buy that. Uh, not necessarily a spoiler, but we still don't know how, cause this is supposed to be happening now. This isn't an alternate reality or anything like that. They're saying that this is the Marvel universe, but obviously that's not happening in, in the other issues. You know, we had sp- Superior Spider-Man 6 AU, but also issue 7 came out this week and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's still well, that. That was like the Fantastic Four issue from last week. Mm-hmm. Cuz we had yeah. issue 5 and then 5 AU. Yeah. And and honestly, I mean, I didn't really like that issue very much last week. So it's it just it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel cohesive at all. So I'm not really sure how how it's supposed to fit in with everything else. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing because like the the world is is ruined, and right. you know they're they're saying that this is still still happening. So it's I'm still waiting. I mean, I I, I think it's it's it'll all make sense, and this is kind of like what we talked to James about, you know, when we're talking about Thanos. But I just it, it it's it does seem weird because this is supposed to be happening now, but obviously it's not happening the same exact time as everything else. But I guess we just they're not supposed to think about that. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, let's see. So you, you loved Great Pacific? Yeah, I did. I, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Um, it, it felt a little bit rushed, though. That was my biggest complaint with it because there, um, the story was um, the pacing of the previous issues was the same. And then there's so much that happens in this issue that it's it it kind of throws you off a little bit at first. But um, it's interesting. I, I thought it was good. And um, it was well-written, well and it, it really depicts the, the central character in a different light. Like, he's a lot smarter than um, I thought. And, um... and Abe Sapien, the first issue of the new ongoing, mm-hmm. that, one was, that one's great. I really enjoyed that book a lot. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. Because it looks like uh, Great Pacific is going to get collected in a trade, the first six issues. So that's coming out. 
That's good. That that completes the first arc. arc. Yeah, and then issue seven, which starts in June, will be the second arc. Um, I think that's about. I don't know if there's anything else really. So yeah, Superior Spider-Man came out. Animal Man came out aftermath of the last issue. So very sad. Um, I don't know if there's anything else really here. I'm trying to think of. I don't know if we want to try to get to any questions because I know we don't have much time. No one has time today. Yeah. Um, let's see. Where should I start? Um. Yeah, so Ryan Kale mm-hmm. says, thanks for talking about my, about my email on the last podcast. I've heard nothing but – did I read this one? I've heard nothing but praise for Red Batman. So if I uh, read any no. Marvel stuff, I'll be sure to pick up back issues of Daredevil first thing. However, for now, I'm sticking with DC. I just added Nightwing and Red Hood to my pull list, but I've been reading them since Death of the Family. I'm really excited for James Tynan and the new arc in Chicago. Also – I'm starting Jeff Lemire's Green Arrow. There is a question here, though, and here it is. If ugh, if you could only read five monthly book series for the next 12 months, which five would you pick? And oh I I think the answer to that is just look at our, our top of the pile and, you know, look at, at those to see if it if it's the same same issues each each month or how much of it changes. And I think you can go from there. Yeah, so, no, I agree. So I think that kind of... I mean, also, just look at the reviews we've done. Yeah. You know, if it's a, if it's a consistent five every single month, then obviously that's a that's a series that we've been enjoying. Or we're getting know. paid to do that. that. <laughs> oh, okay. So that was Ryan. You, you can't you can't joke about that stuff. People will think you're serious. Whatever. I'm I'm like almost at the point where it's like I, I kind of don't even want to do reviews anymore. Because it happens so often. I mean, it's it's, it's just it's, it's annoying. It's like you know, people like people are like like what? Why did you give it this or what? What this or what? It's like it's it's spelled out. You know, it's how much simpler can we break it down? You know, we have what we liked, we have what we didn't like, then we have a summary, and and then you know, people are still questioning this or that, and and it's funny where like people are like, it's like oh, you should have given this a four. It's like no, I gave it a three, and there is why. So like whatever um this is from cantrip calhoun says thanks for your thoughts on avengers questions it's always good to get different perspective on matters and while i'm still not sold on how avengers behaved i'm able to see it from another fan's perspective um first of all i have a comment on a new distribution sales system for private eye several of my see so i did not read this right maybe i, I just read this before and that's no, why I, I don't remember it reading it at all okay so i must have read these and then that's why it's sticking in my head because it says several of my friends are in bands and use similar system for sales with the website Bandcamp. artists can upload their music to Bandcamp site and decide how much they want to charge for them some bands will offer new signs new songs b-sides and remixes at the name your price rates and do fairly well with both feedback and profit i think i remember you reading this maybe um because he's gonna ask you know, can can you compare that system with comics, right? Um, so seeing this business model being in use with private eye is really nice. I think that once it's finished, the creators will see payoff if they offer a printed collection, which I, I think that is their plan. Um, I'm also curious to see how much a team raked in from fans like ourselves who did pay $1 to $3 for the download. Um, the problem with, with this is 
when does the next issue come out? And are people going to know when the next issue comes out? Because when you, when you buy it, it didn't ask for your email or anything like that. There was like no newsletter or mailing list. So that could be the problem where, you know, everyone was raving about it on the internet, how great it was, you know, us included. But, you know, I guess we're going to have to hope that everyone remembers when the next issue comes out. Um, Cause then um, Jason says with the release of private eye and a Kickstarter for Gail Simone, Jim California is leaving megalopolis. I would like to know what other iconic creator teams would you like to see do self-funded independent project? What are your dream team picks and what story would you like to see them do? Oh, yeah. Um, well, anyway, I think it would all be indie stuff. I mean, it, it would be... Um, it, it would be creator-owned stories. I, I wouldn't want to see them do, like, another superhero book, you know? Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. Maybe... Adam Hughes and, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many writers I like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's weird because then this means they're not going to do whatever they're doing now. Like if, if, like, I don't think Adam, I don't know if Adam Hughes is working anything after, before Watchmen, but like, let's yeah. say, you know, you take someone like Mike Allred, you know, I'll just use him as an, he's an example you know, if if he were to do something else, then that means you know he probably wouldn't be doing FF anymore. Right. So it's 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 yeah, and I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy seeing him on FF, and and I mean that that series is so good. But then you have someone like Chris Somney who does Daredevil, and he, I think he was doing like Rocketeer, unless they're just staggered, and he did Rocketeer at a different time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Um. Um. I think we're I, out of time. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah. All right. I would continue by myself, but I don't feel like it. Cause really? I, I mean, what, some of these questions are for, for everyone. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to answer those. And um, I got to do another podcast tomorrow, I think. You don't want to do another one tomorrow? No, I am doing another one tomorrow. No, I mean, like, do you, you don't want to pick up where we left off tomorrow? Well, I'm I'm doing a regular one. I don't know what time I'm doing it because so people probably are aware this is Thursday when we're recording this when James comes in, and so I normally record my other one on Thursdays, but I'm recording it on Friday. But I don't know when. Um, I told the, the person that's like I'm available all day. Let me know what's good for you. So I, I can't pin down a time because I haven't heard back yet. So hopefully, it will still happen. Okay. Well, if it doesn't, you know, let me know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a two-hour podcast, but we have plenty of other things to do. So I guess we will say adios, or how do you say it in French? Say la vie. No, that's not goodbye, right? (laughs) Um, Au revoir. Au revoir, yeah. Something like that. Au revoir. All right, yeah. But um, it was good talking to you, Tony, and I'm glad we, we got to do a podcast anyway. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, like we never, we never, what's going on? We never talk anymore. I don't even know who you are. Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, yeah, so Corey will be back next week. We'll be back. Sarah will be back. I'll be back. And there'll be a podcast on Wednesday, hopefully, and news video this weekend. Um, yeah. There'll be more. 
there there are more videos from WonderCon the off their minds. So I, I did five of those. Cool. So, um, yeah, that's about it. So All right. check everything out. And for people with finding bugs on a site, you know, we're, they're still working on on stuff. So you know, just be patient. You know, there's still some. Like, I think some people are still having like Facebook login problems and some podcast problems. But so it should it's it's being looked at. So thanks for your patience. All right, that's All right. it. All right. Bye. Um, bye. Have a great weekend. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. And yeah. bye, everyone. I'm yeah. saying I'm saying bye to you, Sarah. But I, I, know, I feel like this is a private conversation. Yeah. So, so Sarah, but no. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Let's let's, let's do this. Hey, I want that on my full list. Thank you.